1: Hello everybody and welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. I'm sitting here with my uh, co-host Becky and we have a wonderful guest today. We're sitting in the studio, uh, the really nice studio around the dining room table and uh, we've got our buddy here, Kenton Worthington and we're excited. This is our 50th episode. We wanted a, a banner person. We wanted somebody spectacular for our 50th episode. Kenton is one of the most successful people we know. He is an entrepreneur. He has built businesses all over the world, and he has paved the trail through his example uh, to, to me and Becky and, and thousands around. We just The room lights up when Kenton walks in, and so we bring you Kenton
0: Worthington. Wow, I am so humbled. This is the first podcast that I've ever done or been invited to do, and I'm so grateful to be with you guys. And I'm a little bit nervous, too. To be
1: honest. This is really your first podcast.
0: This is really the first. Well, I've recorded a couple others, but they yeah. never got published, As which is why I need to change and listen to your podcast more, because I need to stop trying to be perfect at everything before I publish.
1: That's right. So it's a great
0: lesson. Thank hey. you guys both. Oh, I'm, I'm so honored. You. I really, I mean, I know Becky, I've, obviously we met first. And we had an incredible interaction and just love that because she is exactly what Scott just mentioned. The room lights up when she walks into the room. And I remember we had all these conversations about our business that we were working on back then. And you used to tell me, wait till you meet my husband, Scott. Remember that? <laughs> I do You're remember gonna that. You're going to love him. And, <laughs> and I really, I really have. I just, we haven't spent a ton of time, but no. Scott's an amazing guy. Every interaction with me has been uplifting and has left me better. And you inspire me. I watch <laughs> <laughs> you guys are people that I watch online and I follow you, so totally well, humbled and grateful to be here.
1: Well, thank you. You're too kind. Uh, and that gets me to my first question, is you are a very kind person. You're always the so nice and, and generous and, and just offering all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Um when you say something really nice to somebody,
0: compliments. Compliments, yeah, I was thinking accomplishments, I knew it wasn't that.
1: Compliments. And you're always doing that, but yet you were an MMA fighter. You were out there punching guys. I mean, tell me, do you. Does a switch change or what?
0: Well, I'd have to say I was never an MMA fighter because people know the MMA today as the UFC. But I did do kickboxing. I was a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, I did have to flip a switch. And it's so interesting because recently I made a decision in my life to not watch that anymore. If people know me, they'd be very surprised by this. I have a horrible temper. I used to. Uh and and it was like a switch that would go off. It would take forever to push me to that level because I got bullied and picked on, I felt like, when I was younger, Mm -hmm. and I don't like bullies. Anytime I ever got in a fight, I can't even believe I'm talking about this, but I got expelled (laughs) from school a lot. I didn't graduate from school. I assaulted a school teacher. So I had all these problems, but I found an outlet through martial arts. And that was the way that I could go and let this part out of me and do it in a healthy, constructive way. And also be reminded that I wasn't always the toughest guy in the room, (laughs) although I felt that way. I wouldn't call myself an MMA fighter because today I see these guys that are such – and men and women alike – that are incredible professionals but you know 20 years ago when i got into that i think i was pretty cool yeah
1: (laughs) well i was a wrestler i've only watched a little bit of it just because i loved watching the wrestlers they just seem to do so well they're amazing they they could do well when they got in tight and close with somebody those
0: are the guys that i would never want to fight and and this is why i love stand-up you know is and especially muay thai i want to keep you away from me i don't want anybody to wrap their arms around me i had a missionary companion this guy was like a Championship wrestler. I think he was a national champion. Uh-huh. And man, you do not want to. He was half my size, and he could hold me and pull me into something I couldn't get out. But I'd say you're going to have to let go of me at some point. And you will pay the price. <laughs> You will pay the price. And I'm like, it will hurt worse than what you're doing to me. Yeah, yeah I would have never wanted. I think we talked about this years ago. I would never yeah. have wanted to mess and tangle uh-huh. with the wrestler. In fact, we if we wanted to talk fighting, there's one of my favorite Utah fighters He's a really, really great guy and he's a wrestler, great wrestler and he's been he's fought in the UFC many times. Josh mm. Berkman, shout out to him. Oh. Great guy, humble and an amazing talented fighter, but he had the wrestling background. So yeah. oh, anyway. That's
1: awesome. And we hadn't even talked about going down that alley. I just <laughs> had to say something. I mean, you're just you're just such a fit guy and such a fun guy, you know, and I wondered how you'd flip that switch. But, Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
0: we don't talk about fitness either. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I could do better there. You know, I've been on an interesting journey with my health and I was, I mean, it's so interesting that a lot of my self-esteem was coming from the way I could use my body. And because I, I, you know, I hit puberty later than I think most people, I was joking I had puberty when I was like 21 years old. (laughs) So I felt really strange. So once I actually had this physicality that I could use and I found that I was, if I worked really hard that I had more and more talent and people would say, man, this guy's so talented. But I thought, you know, the harder I worked because I wasn't, I was that guy that didn't want to go do something until I'd perfected it in my basement. Right. You know, like clean and jerk, man. I did that a thousand times before I ever went back to high school to show because the first time I did it, I was horrible at it. Right. I think maybe I was too connected with my self-esteem, with the way I looked on the outside and my physical strength. And, and I think this is part of growing up, and, and now I'm over 40. Things are a little bit Herb, different. It? It, it's different. It is different. <laughs> I do not want to surrender the idea that all of a sudden, because you get 40 things. I believe I can be stronger than ever. I, have, I try to manage my mindset, but it is different. And I realized that as a 20-year-old, having that physical ability, it was an important lesson for me to learn that this is a gift and a tool. And it doesn't define who I am. And we have a mutual friend in Chad Hymas that I think taught me so much about that the depth and, and strength comes from a different place, not just your physical body. Mm. And that's been a big lesson that I've learned, losing that physical ability that I had in some respect with injuries from sports and also with health challenges that I've suffered where I had to lay there thinking, man, what would I do if I couldn't have this physical body to... Right. You know, like, show off my 10 pack. <laughs> like, would, would people really still care about me? And does that matter? How would I feel about myself? So, these are deeper questions that I've been asking myself these last maybe seven years and pondering on and praying about. And I think the answers have been really profound for me. So I'm glad you started with this. Yeah, that's
1: good. No, because you are, you're in great shape and, and you may think, oh yeah, it's not everything I wanted to be from what you were before because you've had some injuries and some things have taken some toll, but you're super fit and, uh, and you get after it. And so take us down this other road for a second. I mean, you are a business guru. You have a mindset that just is like no other. You, you have a following. I mean, it's just, how did you do that?
0: Yeah, such a, I'm I'm honestly just listening to you, Scott. It's humbling. It's very humbling to me. You know, people talk about authenticity. I watch some people and I follow them. There's very few people that I watch and follow because I have such great mentors and friends. And you guys are some of them. But I, I know that like what my dad taught me and my mom taught me, just be authentic and real and speak from your heart. And I believe that there are books out there now trying to teach people how to do that. And I don't believe you have to teach a child how to do that. I think we show up in the world that way. And when we become disconnected from that, that's when we're like kind of fighting to try to get attention. And it's really when we're connected with that divinity within that people Mm -hmm. are just attracted to us. Whether or not we have the ability to use flowery speech, like I speak for a living as well. I talk a lot and I feel like I've been blessed with a gift to do that. But I know people that can walk into a room and don't have to open their mouths and they're influencing and touching lives. And yeah, I'm giving a lot of compliments, but they're always sincere. They come from my heart and you guys are that way. And that's how I feel about you every time you're there. And my dad's that way. Mm -hmm. My dad's a silent influencer. He doesn't have to say much, but there's like a peace and an influence and spirit there. That's like palpable and it's, and it's really incredible. So to point of business, I think having a following to answer your question. By the way, I have ADHD. And I'm dyslexic. for all of those of you that are not dyslexic, It's called dyslexia, but um, it's all code word for genius. So don't worry about it anyway. So if I get off topic, that's, that's to answer the I, question. I say shiny objects all the I time. Do and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I, a squirrel, I, squirrel. Uh, yeah. I'm over there. This is squirrels. so <laughs> but that's us, right? Yeah. And, and I've learned that, and I've really blessed to be successful in the business world that I'm in. Because I couldn't make it through school, I joke around that if man, if they would have started school at seven p.m., I would have been a valedictorian. You know, but since they started at seven, I'm like, huh? You know, like like my my head just can't even wake up. I mean, I literally wake up every morning and don't want to get out. I don't want to live. Mm -hmm. As Mm -hmm. much as people don't want to hear this, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. I deal with severe, like it's. I don't know what to call it. It's like depression, but I have habits that I do to, you know, I wake, I greet this day with love in my heart. I don't believe it. I'm like, what a cheesy thing to say, but I do things consistently and try to help my, you know, help give myself that opportunity. And really this answers your question. I've just been me. Like I didn't set out online to get a big following. Um, I know I could probably serve the people that want to listen to me better by bringing value to them. I feel a little selfish about it. I felt like, man, I don't really want, you know, to promote myself. Becky said I don't even have a bio online. I don't have a KentonWorthington.com. Well, I own it, but just never published it. And it felt disingenuous somehow. But now I'm learning as I get older, you know, if I don't stand up and share my gifts that that God gave me with other people, then I'm not honoring him. And I've always approached life and business this way, Scott. I know I'm not maybe answering your question. Oh, you're doing great. But maybe I am. Um, The reason I believe I've been successful and blessed is because I try to bring value to people. And the question and prayer always in my mind and heart is how can I leave them better for having interacted with me? And it seems like there's an incredible abundance that's always left with me. And frankly, I feel sometimes unfairly blessed Hmm. because I see people that I know are working so hard and probably applying themselves harder than me. And they don't seem to have the same harvest, mm-hmm. at least in the outward sense, meaning maybe financial harvest. But I also believe that that's only one measurement, and it's a very small measurement of what success really is.
1: Wow. No, that's awesome. And, uh, I mean, the fact that you're such a business leader and, and have built uh, multimillion-dollar businesses as a 20-year-old – well, in your 20s, not as a 20-year-old, but in your 20s, that's it's incredible – People can't fathom that, but you're a person that people like to follow.
0: Well, before you showed up today, I just made a list of words that just popped into my mind when I thought of Kenton Worthington to describe you. And this is what I wrote. Passion, charisma, integrity, determination, humility, loyal, visionary, and doer.
1: She switched those first two. Charisma was supposed to be first, and she put, said passion first. But yeah, this guy's charismatic all over the place. Yeah, she's. What's that word that she did?
0: I'm so grateful. Um, dix, d- dis- Disle- so list, dexia, list, <laughs> And anybody that's list, knows what I'm talking about. You know, you turn on your heat seater. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. And you know me quite well. I'm, so, You know why I'm grateful? Because we interacted when I was what most people would consider at my peak of success in our industry, in the industry that I was building. And it seemed like everybody was talking about our success and what we had accomplished because we'd done great things in this small part of the world. We'd opened up a business in Central Eastern Europe where I lived as a service missionary. And we'd done amazing things and and it was like our moment in the sunshine. And a lot has happened in the last seven years since we were having those conversations in my kitchen. And I'm so grateful for that because I think I look back and I know that I didn't begin with only that sweet intention, that Mm -hmm. like pure intention. The truth is, I wanted chicks to dig me. Yeah, I wanted a jeep, you know, that with a rock (laughs) crawler that I could get out of at the gym. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, look how cool I. I mean, really, that's where. So there was always that selfish. But now I'm aware of the like that side of me, and I'm really asking myself every time, even today. With this interview and this opportunity, because looking at your list of guests and listening to some of your podcasts, I was really blown away. I thought, I don't know if I fit in here. Oh man. <laughs> you know, how do I fit? And I don't and it's not that I want to belittle myself, and maybe I am. Maybe I need to be aware of that. A Little more yeah, I need to be a little more shy with myself. <laughs> I've always I've always suffered with that a little bit. But I think it maybe keeps in that because I do have an ego. And I do have a very competitive side, and I do like to crush the opponent. And so I have to be very aware of that and keep that in check and make sure that I'm really feeding the right wolf, so to speak.
1: Uh, Tell us, though, for a second, how many um, countries uh, that you're doing business
0: in. And I am an entrepreneur of of, uh, different depths, I think, I believe. So we've got a really exciting business here in Utah that does a lot of great things. And then I've got business in my uh, main focus uh, in the direct sales world in over 50 countries. And that's been an amazing business. But significant volume that we've generated, and I specialized in opening new markets. I would tell people I'm in new market development and I've been blessed to travel the world. I mean, I travel like an insane amount. I've seen the world. That was one of my young goals. You know, I wanted to see the world. I wanted to learn other languages and get myself into trouble in 21 languages, make people <laughs> laugh, you know. So, yeah, business has expanded the globe. And I, think, I believe I specialize in, uh, in international business beyond what I do in the U.S. Interestingly, I feel out of, like a fish out of water here at home probably resonate better with people internationally. And I've done business all over the world. And I've lived at least six months or more in many, many countries around the world trying to learn the language and meet people and develop business. I feel extremely fortunate. But, man, we've been through the mixer, too. It's hard.
1: right? But the thing, that the point I want to touch on is in each of those countries, you're not just building businesses. You're building businesses with people. And that's the bottom line is the relationship the relationships that you have with all of these people pays dividends because you make money doing it as well and they make money doing it it's win win but relationships are the things
0: that's key amen to that well business is relationships i don't look at business uh, separately business is only one thing how much value can i bring to someone and you know i have a sister who's a school teacher and and she and I talk about this a lot, about her retirement, What's she going to do. And she raised five boys on her own. And she's amazing to me. And, I, and she, she's like, my stomach churns every time I think. Because I'm an entrepreneur. Right. I'm trying to help her understand that, man, you, you know, you're not going to be able to teach forever. What are you going to do? How can I help you? She's like, oh, it makes my stomach churn <laughs> to just think about selling something. Now, it's is so interesting. When people think about business a lot of times, they think sales. Well, I don't want to be the salesperson. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, a little bit my ego's hurt because what does my sister think that I am, a fast-talking salesperson? Or am I a teacher just like she is, which is what my parents were. Mm -hmm. And teaching is um, helping people become aware, ask better questions, and finding those answers so they can have a better quality of life. And if you bring value to other people, I'm happy to pay for value, aren't I? Mm -hmm. Aren't you? I love to pay. Absolutely. It's not it's like, are you kidding me? Of course I'm gonna do it, you know? And I believe I mean my wife drives my wife nuts. Well, actually it doesn't, she's very generous, but we love to leave lots of value. Even from tipping, I used to be a waiter and you know, I always tipped really generously. And I'm not trying to brag about my but I did because I'm like, man, I was a waiter before and I always tipped generously, but I had a hard time tipping generously when the service was really bad right. or really poor. And Kevin Hall's the one that taught me. He said, hey, Kenton, the real test is how well you tip when the service is crap. And so now I have a rule that I tip double what I generally do. And I'm not telling So hopefully if you're serving me, don't just treat me like crap. Yeah. Like, oh, double Kenton's like bad, like spitting his food. We, yeah. He can tip us double. But you never know what they've been through that day and i think that if we approach life this way and we really believe it and obviously just me talking is making me aware that i need to be more gentle with myself but if we treat other people with that respect and really the question every time going in is how can i bring value and leave you better that's what i was just going to
1: say you're leaving them better than when they before they met you
0: yeah maybe it's a trailer yeah. or your lawn mode or a haircut or yeah. some supplements or a massage or or just a great discussion You know, the world does remunerate you and you can be remunerated financially, which I've, man, I've been so blessed, but I don't want to be a freaking slave to money either. And when you are a slave to money, don't get me passionate. Like this will get me really passionate. You're a slave (laughs) to money. If you have to ask yourself every time you need to do something or want to do something good for someone else, can I really afford it? Money's only a tool. It only makes you more of who or what you are. And if you're a great person and you're wanting to do good in the world, my question to you is why don't you have more of that powerful tool that we call money? Like, I think everybody should not be slave to money because money is an innate object. And if you're doing stuff you don't want to do for money, whether it's a job or you're sacrificing time with your family, then there is a way to find a value you can bring to the world so that money becomes a non-issue in your life. And more people that we have, that money's a non-issue and they're free to do and give and serve and however they feel with mm-hmm. that power of time and energy, man, that's my passion. Yeah. So you were right when you had passion uh, first. Yeah, oh, I'm not hold it back. I'm, can, like yeah. it back. I'm like pulling it back. I'm like pulling it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a question here for you. Yeah. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is not being liked. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Wow.
1: Because I heard you say earlier, uh, in fact, it was on your Facebook There's Live. It one and only Facebook fa- Live. It was the second one. It was actually it was a second the second one. one. He did one on coming off the plane if you listened long enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so you did your Facebook Live and you said that you have um, challenges with your own self-esteem and things like that. Everybody who meets you would never, ever in a million years believe that. But I, somebody told me last night that every person that we come across we should treat them in a way that they're in crisis mode of really needing friends and love and help because most of the time you're going to be right. And, and we all have that. Even at whatever stage we're at, we still have that little bit of insecurity. And, and so tell us about that. How do you deal with that? Because you're such an awesome guy that everybody loves to be around.
0: I love that you just said that. I am going to be really aware of that. Maybe that's why I'm so complimentary. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm so aware of people. That's also a spiritual gift I've been blessed with. I can feel that around people. And I have that need. And maybe that's also a blessing. And I never want that to go away, that I feel that. But it's unhealthy to have a need to please everyone. I think about this a lot. I go to counseling. Just so everybody knows, I have a counselor. I talk to people. I have a kinesiologist that helps me. Like, I'm trying to get better. and work through scripts in my head. But... I tend, if you spend some time with me and you're in a group, I'll you know be the one that's hopefully having everybody laugh and have a good time. And there will usually be a point where it'll switch and someone will start making fun of me. I'm very aware of this. They joke a little bit because I really do come across as an incredibly confident person. And sometimes people that feel uncomfortable about that want to attack me, whether they know it or not. And I realize, I've become very aware of this over the last 10 years, And it's okay for me because I know they feel insecure. Mm -hmm. And so I try to reach out and love them because I, I used to, man, I would like, (laughs) boom, (laughs) you know, are you serious? You want to throw down with me? (laughs) Right. And I don't do that anymore because I know they may be suffering and hurting a little bit Mm -hmm. too. So for me dealing with it, and actually this is, if I, you know, people in the speaking world call it a platform. I've never called it that. If I'm, honored enough to have people that want to listen to what I have to say. I want to talk for the rest of my life about like what I call this darkness that shows up in my life constantly. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It really is. Nobody would ever believe I can only call it hell that I live with some most of the time. And I have to work through that. I have to call out for help. I have to connect myself with great people and serve. And I think the best medicine is simply that. Like, I didn't feel well. I wanted to cancel. I have all those things, not not only today, but every day of my life. Um, I speak in front of thousands of people. and I spoke in front of 18,000 people in Singapore, you know, and John Maxwell spoke right before me. Like, talk about some heaviness, right? He was a whole day before me, and I wanted to run away and shrink from it. But when the prayer in my heart is, how can I serve? It seems like there's some energy and power that comes to me to help serve and love other people. And when I'm selfish, then I shrink, I close the door, I close the curtains, and I disappear, and I, and I kind of wallow in darkness. And I don't want this to sound like it's totally depressing, but there are people that will hopefully listen to this that may feel like they're alone and no one else ever feels that way. And they see me on stage and all the claps and the people standing in line for autographs and taking pictures, and he would never understand me. Guess what I do? I know exactly what it feels like. And you can, through serving others, you can find a way out of it. I don't know if it ever goes away or if this is something that I'll deal with the rest of my life, but um, it's been something I've dealt with until now. I'm totally okay with it. Uh, I've still been blessed. I've touched other people's lives in a positive way. I've been successful in business and life, physically, financially, spiritually. And I'll just continue to fight a good fight until it goes away. And maybe that's when they bury me. I don't know. But I want to talk more about it with people.
1: I love that, that you become vulnerable and share that side. um, Because, I mean, let's face it. You just went on a youth group experience where you pushed hand carts across the, the desert. And they
0: voted you as most popular and awesome person on that trip. The kids were telling me that we're voting. You're being voted as the most. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I never got voted anything popular when I was at their age. I was like the loser in the back. Everybody's making fun of, you know. Now I'm like, wow, at 40, the teenagers love me. It's awesome. But it did feel great because I was taking some of the pressure maybe that they felt. And we were laughing and loving. And this is my gift this every tony robbins is where i learned this but he said you know when you have the courage to stand up and be yourself your authentic and real self you give permission silent permission or even verbal permission to everyone around you to do the same and i love this idea of honoring the giver of the gifts and that is one of my gifts to love people unconditionally And I do, I just see somehow, I see a look in people's eyes. I'm looking at you two. You're easy. Like, you two are amazing. I love and honor you guys. I listen. Oh my gosh. If we want to turn this around, I could interview you guys. (laughs) I'm bragging about about how awesome that you guys are. And you
1: know, we've sadly hit
0: that 22 minute mark. Oh, my goodness. It it's so fast. It we've we got to mention and one can, more thing before that 22 month. One more thing, mark. and then you wrap up with what you would like to live with our listeners. We've been
1: to events where you are a, a bigwig, and we've been there to where they're putting spotlights on you, but yet I have never, ever been one time around you where that hug that you give isn't just 100% genuine. what I wanted to do with the audience today. I wanted them to realize how real this entrepreneur is, how much he loves people. And the real reward is the relationships. So you're
0: awesome. Amen to that. Thank you so much. I wish we would have heard more from Becky because she's (laughs) like such a gift. But I'm totally grateful, Becky, that you shared your husband and introduced his relationship into my life because he's been a blessing to me. You know, the short shorts, (laughs) standing in front of youth groups talking like this and being the dad, father, husband. That's, that's who Kenton Worthington aspires to be. That's my last message. I'm just grateful for the gift you two have been in my life. Hey, thank you, Kenton, for uh, blessing us with episode number 50. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us. And please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage humor, and a whole lot of love.